The gospel is preached as a salvation message, and rightly so. But if so, what are we being saved into? This is part two of our four-part series. Where is the kingdom? Is the kingdom a place or is the kingdom a space? I'm Robert Winfield, and this is Chapter House. Hey, look, um, catch up with uh, chapter one of this series if you haven't already. In our studies, nearly all the definitions of the word heaven in the Strong's Concordance relate to a dome above the earth where clouds are born. When we see the kingdom of heaven in scripture, we think of the abode of God and angels of heavenly origin. But in scriptural terms, and where we're concerned, it's not a place. We're looking at a system of government, power, blessings, and dominion on earth. God's will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. To God, there's no difference between the two as far as what should or could be. Let's look at the kingdom of God in light of that description using our base scripture in Mark 1.15. Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what was said by Jesus when he walked this earth. This is part of the gospel that Jesus preached that contained his government, the blessing, and dominion on earth. The kingdom is here, right now not coming, not in the sky, not under the ground, or in the sweet by and by. So where was the kingdom before it was at hand? Had it gone somewhere? Or had it just become inaccessible? Why bother to say if it's here, if it wasn't important? Let's look at Daniel. Daniel 2, 43 through 44. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, so shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. So it's accepted by scholars that iron mixed with clay represents the Roman Empire, or in Jerusalem's case, Roman occupation. And Jesus was born during this time to bring the message that the kingdom of God is at hand. In the statement, so shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, we can see it's not our normal perception of the kingdom of heaven being up in the sky. Obviously, God is in the celestial heaven when this was spoken to Daniel. So there was another kingdom not yet existing that would be set up. We can say with assurance that the kingdom returned towards the end of the Roman Empire. 
and it will last forever and consume all other kingdoms. Isaiah has more to say about this. Isaiah 9:6. For us, a child is born. To us, a sign is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. With this new kingdom, we see a new government will be born into the earth. So we have a kingdom, and this kingdom has a government. F follow me so far on this? Okay. So Jesus came and introduced this system by demonstration. Now it's important to understand that he didn't do miracles to show he was God, even though that's a popular hypothesis. In that, Jesus wasn't trying to pass himself off as God. He most likely didn't do miracles to prove that he was. The miracles God created through him was to demonstrate that the kingdom had come. All the miracles created in Acts proved that the kingdom had come. Paul did the same thing, saying in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be followers of me even as I also am of Christ, or of the anointed. 1 Corinthians 2.4 And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In general, we as Christians are challenged to demonstrate what Jesus claimed to be the truth. Some are more focused on making sure our ministers and pastors maintain a facade of poverty and lack to show they're Christ-like. In this, we can see how much easier it is to try and make a God in man's image than make a man in God's image. Historically, the absence of demonstration is the most glaring missing link in how the church currently operates. This is the opposite of what we see in Acts as the beginnings of the church. Without a demonstration or manifestation of the kingdom, we have to rely on clever rhetorical arguments, apologetics, coffee shops, harvest festivals, and a veneer of happy, shiny people. We have a form of churchianity and have become denominational echoes. When someone's broken leg is healed by the power of God because of a Christian praying for them, you don't need rhetorical arguments or apologetics. Our purpose as Christians is to demonstrate that the kingdom of God is at hand and fully functional. It's past time for us to manifest a kingdom that can be perceived by the lost. People are looking for a glimpse of heaven in us. After all, the problems of the world have been laid at the feet of Christians. Reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus' message is predominantly the kingdom of God is here. Little is mentioned about the salvation of a fallen state of being or evil in the need of repentance with the threat of burning in hell. Even though this ism was the case, the approach and Jesus' intent is what's important here. The only people he really snares in the category is the standing guard of religiosity akin to what we have today. Everyone else is healed or made whole and told to go about their business and don't sin anymore. He implies 
Welcome to the kingdom. Here is what's available now and stop walking outside the border of your father's house. We're told if we forgive sins, they are forgiven. In religion, the body of Christ is always at odds with the head of Christ. Religion rebels at the notion of being directly connected with the head. Jesus is forced to float around on his own because of a reluctant body. If the two became one, then there should be no difference between the two. Whatever Jesus is, we are. We are not even like Jesus. We are part of him. In essence, we are him. Or does Jesus still not have a place to lay his head? You've heard of that. Jesus explained the doctrines, benefits, and government of this invisible realm in the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. He did all this when he demonstrated those principles by healing the sick, casting out demons, and multiplying food for the crowd. It was at one point he told the disciples, now you feed them. Everything about multiplying is contained in the blessing. Jesus is the fulfillment of the blessing that was given to Abraham. God told Abram to multiply, or in Hebrew, it means to be an authority, make plenteous, heap, and make great. Jesus blessed the food, and it multiplied, and it was made plenteous. God told Adam to subdue, or in Hebrew, conquer, keep under subjection, force down. Jesus was casting out, or forcing down, demons. God told Adam to be fruitful, or in Hebrew, cause to grow, bring forth. Jesus restored the maimed, or those who had no limbs or eyes, and caused them to grow. Do you see the pattern here? These demonstrations are what we call miracles. They're considered miracles outside the realm of the kingdom of God. Inside the kingdom, they are the fulfillment of laws. But religion is challenged by the fact of these demonstrations and feels the need to ignore or explain away these major issues in favor of arguing about the minor ones. What's it like to live outside the kingdom of God? What we see in the world and much of the church today is what it looks like to live outside of the kingdom. We have spent lives, money, and energy saving people from hell without saving them into the kingdom. In order to thrive and not merely survive, we must know how to live supernaturally. Let's examine Jesus' platform in Mark one more time. Mark 1.15 The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The newsflash here is the word repent. The word has been taught exclusively as Greek 3341, meaning a mindset of guilt or reversal of guilt. It's also been taught as Greek 3338 to regret or to feel sorry. But the word repent in Mark 1.15 is actually defined as Greek 3340, meaning to think differently, reconsider or transform. The prefix re means to go back. The word pent comes from pentance, or an extension of a building or building's roof. 
That's where we get the word penthouse or top. Return to the beginning or top. To extend the concept, it could also mean reconsider, renew, or be transformed to the beginning. Remember Romans 12:2. We were here to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, look at the word defined as gospel in its proper meaning, good news. News is what has happened, not going to happen. And pull this together with the kingdom is at hand or now existing. Jesus tells us to believe the good news. This is an indicator that what he was saying could or would seem unbelievable. In essence, he's always he's saying override that inclination to think the good news is unbelievable. So that's define Mark 1.15. The period of time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God is here. Consider this and transform your thinking. Trust and believe in the good news that God's way and man's authority have been restored to the earth and partake of that grace. It's our choice. God won't force us and the devil can't stop us. The devil's only recourse is to try to convince us that the kingdom of God isn't real, too hard to attain, or passed away with the last of the apostles. Before the ministry of Jesus, commandments and laws substituted for a kingdom system not yet come. When Jesus showed up, John the Baptist said, well, I'm gonna have to decrease and he's gonna increase. When Jesus increased, the kingdom became inclusive to all who would access it through him or through Jesus. Jesus paid the price for admission. Without the entrance into the kingdom, we drag people into Christianity only to leave them in a sedentary religious life of shallow horizons, complacency, and without hope. Jesus spent three years teaching at least 12 people how to work the kingdom system. He showed that in the kingdom, there was no bondage to time. Peter caught three months worth of fish in three hours. A sickness that lasted 30 years was gone in 30 seconds. Water was turned to wine without years of fermentation and barreling. Death was abolished. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack were abolished. Those who saw the miracles Jesus performed became witnesses to the kingdom. They went about telling of the wonderful man and the magnificent things he had told them. Jesus said, if you don't believe what I'm saying, at least believe in what I'm doing. And Jesus said, we will do even greater things than him. Now, I can hear it now. Surely, oh, but surely, you can't expect us to do the works of Jesus. How absurd. Okay, how about the works of the disciples, apostles, or even a deacon in the Church of Acts? If the disciples, not yet apostles, had no ability to suppress a storm, why would Jesus reprimand them in regard to stopping the storm on the boat saying, where's your faith? I mean, if Jesus, if Jesus can say, it's not me that's doing the works, then we should be able to say the same. In other words, when we say we can't do what Jesus did, we create a straw man. 
since Jesus himself said he didn't do anything, but it was the Father working through him. The Father wants to work through every Christian. It is the paramount point of all things Christian. We have the kingdom within us and it should be our permanent abode. We should leave all of our old stuff behind, move into the kingdom and get all new stuff. Like the prodigal son who was restored to his rightful place in his father's kingdom. Like the father, God has given us a ring which symbolizes authority, a robe that symbolizes right standing or righteousness, and a new pair of shoes symbolizing dominion. In many ways, everything we work so hard to obtain already belongs to us. Like the prodigal son's older brother who worked like a slave and not like a son. And he complained that his father never gave him anything. We often don't realize that everything the father has is ours. I heard the Lord tell me one day, all that is mine is thine. Next, we'll look at the language of God. So stand in faith, walk in love, and launch out into the deep. Till next time.